album, album, <laughs> album club. Should we take it away, Zajac? How about you say the intro? The intro. Uh, yeah, we are back. Um, you, you know what we should do? Because we had a little, a little bit of a jump in listeners. So I don't know if, if you guys if you guys noticed, but just randomly, all the, all the old episodes started getting getting plays. And interestingly enough, the the episode, the first one we ever did, where it was Jerry Garcia thrice and Gang of Youths, that I saved it because I'm like, it's not. It, we were kind of just learning how to do it, and so I put it out with a disclaimer, like this is you know not our best work, but I think that there's still something there. That is now our most played episode. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think we should now we should now encourage our listeners to like and review and whatever because i've heard other podcasts say that that helps so mm. like and subscribe like subscribe and review it'd be cool to get some reviews from people on whatever they listen to on and however you would do yeah, that mi- minimum five stars though if you're gonna give any last don't bother yeah at least five and if someone gives a good review because uh this is a podcast that does this we will read out the reviews that would be fun <laughs> I, I think we i think we read out the shit reviews to really uh that too, yeah. It up. Uh, yeah we'll just read them all out first review who the fuck are these three <laughs> <laughs> matt you had some words for johnny i think why don't we start off with that <laughs> well mate i'm completely vetoing your album absolutely not why because it's a soundtrack Okay, we will first start off by talking about um, Labyrinth. <laughs> by that suggestion, why don't we start off talking with that one? I want to know Matt's point. <laughs> I wanted to do a soundtrack on a, of an album ages ago, yeah. and you said no. I said not when it's a bunch of random covers. When it's music made specifically for a project, then I said it counts. Uh, yeah, Look back at the chat. Here, mate. I... Look back at the chat. I'm not. I'm not having that. I think if we're ruling soundtracks out, we're ruling soundtracks out. No, I said if they're made as a project, then they're game. Well, every, said they're... every album's a project. No, not when it's a <laughs> compilation of covers. It's a project. Yeah, but it's not made for specifically for something. That's just made. You you don't get the feel of a project if it's just a bunch of random actors singing songs. Was my point. A bunch of random actors. It's one actor. No, it's not. There's like 14 different singers on the yeah. suggestion you said. So, so it's a compilation then? Yeah, it's a project. No, yeah, it's a compilation. And I said, that's probably not what we should go for since it doesn't have a like a whole body of work aesthetic. I, I think what we shouldn't do is like, I'm thinking of, you know, the, those now that's what I call music compilations, where it's literally just a bunch of songs that were recorded for other purposes thrown together. We can do that. But... I do think that we could do like a, like a musical or... Yeah, it's something like uh, if it's written specifically for what what it's soundtracking, then fair enough. But then we can never do any kind of classic folk albums because folk albums tend to be covers. No, but if it's an album specifically for that, where it's, say, like Van Morrison album, where he puts in folk and stuff and the pokes... Well, we can never do the poke. We could do some pokes, but there are some albums that we couldn't do then. Yeah, if it, if it was just if it, yeah, if it was just a complete cover album, it, it's a case by case basis. There's no deal and all to this. Uh, but my point was, if it's made specifically for a project, then that's what you need for a soundtrack. Defined project. Well, this was made to soundtrack a show, and all the songs are original, written specifically for that show. 
if all of the songs were recorded for the purpose of the album, I think it's fine. Um, so for example, you know how some movie soundtracks are like a list of classic rock songs? That wouldn't fly. Yeah. But I think if yeah. it's like, uh, you know, a musical or something, or, or even like a covers album, I, I think it would still be fine because it was all done for that album. Yeah. So I, I think it's case by case. For instance, like I, I'd say if someone recommended the Mamma Mia soundtrack, it's all ABBA songs, but they're sung by the actors and it's not really coherent. It'd be better to do an actual ABBA album. So that being said, um, why don't we actually discuss the soundtrack slash album? Oh, before I've vetoed it. Oh, she's doing that. No, no, I'm joking. I've not actually, I've not, not listened to it. This has got random actors singing in this soundtrack. There are people, there are people singing in this soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back. Oh. What kind of juice did you get? Honey and pineapple. Oh, pineapple. Honey and pineapple, yeah. Honey and pineapple. Orange. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely try. I was, I was wondering why you guys were so surprised about that. Why it's pretty popular Robinson's flavor. Tell us about like Labyrinth. I've, I've, I've actually never even heard of Labyrinth. He must have done. He was, he was huge when we were teenagers. He played out in Abu Dhabi and stuff. I think he's about our age or slightly older. He um, got famous quite young because he's a songwriter. Simon Cowell picked him up and then got him to his record label and got him to start doing some of his own songs. Um, and he had his initial album that did really well in the UK. And then he just kind of didn't do too much after that for a while. And yeah, I guess at some point he was asked to do the, the soundtrack for this TV show on HBO and write and compose a load of songs for it. And so he did. And yeah, it's, uh, it's gone down pretty well around the world. So, And so why did you choose this, uh, this album? I just thought we'd do something a bit different. I've been listening to it because... Um, Entourage, um, uh, Euphoria Season 2 was coming out, so I'd rewatch Season 1, and music on it is great, so I thought, yeah. So when you listen to this album, how do you listen to it? Well, if I'm doing stuff, um, it just depends. I don't always listen to it as the album. I listen to songs from it. That confuses me even more, because what songs do you listen to? <laughs> There's like two of them. <laughs> the rest are like 45-second snippets. Formula Forever, Still Don't Know My Name. All of Us. What the fuck are we talking for? Gangster, When I R.I.P. Right, right. Yeah, there are, there are a few songs, but I feel mm. like the majority of the album is just like instrumental, like sound effects. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a soundtrack for a show, so it's, you know. Yeah, you can't have like rapping over every scene. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, it's like a mix. Yeah. I, I wasn't too overly fussed with it. I could see it being quite cool and edgy, and I think it was good as a soundtrack, but it wouldn't be something that I would... I, w- I found it hard to imagine myself listening to it when I'm just going about my time. It was quite... Because it's quite intense at times. Yeah, there were some songs I thought that were almost like... Um, like listening to the music that would be playing in like a chase scene or something in a film. Yeah, I don't actually know what you thought. What's your theory about, Jolly? It's about a girl recovering from drug addiction in a town in America. All right. Basically. It's like a it's like a teen show, but it's really gritty. Okay, it's got thin, thin skins, but more grown up. Okay, a mature skins. 
Yeah, and much more gritty. Yeah. And yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, she's quality in it. Yeah, she actually sings on this album, on Mount Everest and All of Us. All of Us, I don't think it was on the actual proper release because yeah. I'm not sure why, but it's part of the show. I think because she has a different record label, I think mm. probably didn't get clearance. I didn't realise that she was a singer. I don't uh, know Mount Everest is like, um, it's on some release. Something I guess I was thinking is um, you were saying you don't know you don't know when you listen to it. I, I kind of agree. I I thought some of the songs would be great in like a um, trendy lounge bar. That's kind of what I was imagining. Like you know those okay. places that are really really dark, like so dark you might even need like a flashlight to read just the menu even. Mm. I thought it'd be cool at one of those places selling like fancy uh, martinis or whatever. Nice. Um, the song I, I thought that was like that was uh, We All Knew. It's really weird. It's got like this like driving drum beat and screeching kind of over it, like screeching vocals. I hadn't really heard those two together before. I haven't heard anything like that before, but that was kind of interesting. Yeah, like I said, it's a good soundtrack, but I feel like it, I imagine it working well alongside a scene. Because yeah, there's a lot of like is, just instrumental tracks and stuff in yeah. there. I just think because my life's so mundane, well, not so mundane, <laughs> no, so just normal. <laughs> just sometimes I, I feel like I need to be a bit more <laughs> like intense while doing something, but it would just be me sat on the sofa with a Diet Coke. Forever was kind of cool. There's like an yeah, acapella. I like Forever. That's probably like my favorite instrumental track in it. It's like an acapella break, and the whoa thing is uh, that's kind of interesting. Wide range of music on there as well, which I quite like. And you go for like some songs are like hip hop, reggae, gospel, soul, electronic. Mm. Like quite a fusion. Yeah, it did go quite um quite varied. Yeah, it was good. I mean, he's clearly a really talented guy. Yeah, he's a sick producer, really tight. I didn't know he ever came to Abu Dhabi though. Yeah, my mum saw him. Oh, Leslie. When he played Emirates Palace. He played Emirates Palace, really? Yeah. Yeah, he had like number one hits in the UK. He's a big name. He seems to be going down the um, soundtrack route. He did, he worked with Beyonce for The Lion King. Well, that's because I think he considers Mm. himself primarily like a composer and songwriter. So Mm. I think that's what interests him more than than making music for like the charts and stuff, which is what I guess his record label was sort of pressing for him yeah and if you enjoyed his soundtrack for this series then listen to Malcolm and Mary where 
He has just composed the original score for a Netflix film. Yeah, he doesn't um he doesn't perform live anymore either, which is really hasn't done for for years and years. Oh wow, he's doing like that big- video I sent you guys, like the promotional thing where he was like on stage. Yeah, that was like seems to be his only proper like liveish performance, other than a couple of small festival slots in like the last six seven years. Mm. Even though he had an album out a couple of years ago, then then tour. Yeah, overall this album. Um- McKay and Cassie also has like a cool R&B sound song. I found it just kind of hard to listen to because so much of it is just sound that comes on and then 25 seconds changes to something else. So it was kind of half between an instrumental and half between songs. So I just thought it was hard to get into that, get into like a, a groove with it, really. Oh, I get where you're coming from. But... Yeah, actually, I, I thought that this whole week would be a little bit hard to talk with any of these albums because they're all not the kind of stuff we, we normally listen to. Yeah. But I would say this album has the least that I could say about it. Well, is that, is that a, do you want to move on to Deep Breakfast? <laughs> deep Breakfast. Johnny, do you want to move on to Deep Breakfast? Johnny, what did you think of Deep Breakfast? It was pretty weird. I'd not listened to like, that sort of <laughs> new age music. It, it was, it, to me, it was very like, parts of it made me think of like Super Mario in a club. But all the songs have been named by Alan Partridge, the O of <laughs> Pleasure. One, <laughs> one, I really, I've, you know, I've been staring at this, this name of this song, Your Feeling Shoulders. What does it mean? Does that mean someone is literally feeling shoulders, as in, I have got my hands on your shoulders, or your shoulders have feelings? Good question. I don't know. You know, it's funny today, I was also just wondering, like, how does he name? Some of these songs, as in first, first of all, how there's no music, <laughs> there's no lyrics. I mean, so what, what? How does he come up with the titles? And then he has two other albums that I'm aware of, and there's some great names on uh, the la- the last album I saw of his. Uh, it's called Nothing Above My Shoulders by the Evening. There's a song with the last one is called The Vanished Gardens of Cordoba. <laughs> it's like seems a little pretentious. Yeah, Ray Lynch. It's as soon as I saw the picture on Spotify, oh, I just knew that this was going to be weird. Like you said, I do love this album. And the way I got into it was through GTA. So the song, The O of Pleasure, that was on GTA 4. No way. It was on the Journey radio station, which, which was like a weird minimalism radio station. And that was at a time when I think we were, I was doing GCSE music. And we studied like different genres. So we did like Baroque music then classical music then like romantic era music and then uh, minimalism. And I really liked the minimalism the most. I kind of feel like, I don't know if this is just me, how I feel, or if it's everyone goes this way, but I don't really like classical music that much. And I kind of feel that there's a bit of a 
an air of sophistication to it where people pretend to like it, but they, even though they don't that much. I, I don't know that people who actually love classical music and listen to it. I think it's one of those like, art music things where if you say you like it, people see you or people, you might think people see you as like sophisticated. So I, I never really liked classical music, but I did like minimalism. I like this kind of music. That's quite and a hot take there, Jack. Hot yeah, take. Because yeah, uh, I have classical FM tuned into my car. Listen, the entire drive back from the south coast of England really hung over. <laughs> Neither of us could be bothered, seemingly, to change the radio. So you just listen to classical music. Yeah, it was this kind of stuff, like the minimalism that I really liked. And so when I was playing GTA 4... I always liked the song, The O of Pleasure, the most when it was on like the, the weird journey radio station, it was called. And so if there's like a moody scene or like a rainy scene in the show or, or the game, I would always put it on the journey. And if this song came on, it'd be like, it would just set the tone, I thought. Because I just loved, especially the O of Pleasure, like the electronic textures and the little like arpeggios. Like, and then the My bass. Song, it reminds me of Dolphins for some reason. So I yes. can't imagine it in GTA. <laughs> It makes me think of swimming in the ocean with dolphins. But yeah, the o, the o of Pleasure is probably my favorite song off of it. And I think something he does really well is he shifts the tone of the music very smoothly, but firmly at the same time. It'll be in this like kind of minor key, and then it'll just swell into like this uplifting major portion. And I don't know, it just... And I, I love all the textures, all these, like, he's not afraid to bring in weird electronic sounds. I, I don't even know how he makes them or comes up with them, but... In many, many ways. I'd say my favourite, though, was the rhythm in the pews because I could just see, I just saw Alan Partridge in church going, oh, yes, there's rhythm in these pews. <laughs> yeah. What, what are pews? Things you sit on in church. Taught some RE, I've learned something. Um, actually, it's funny. My uh, my friend went on. We were studying and uh, like in a group, and someone's like, oh, just put on some background music, and we weren't sure what to put on because we were trying to study, so it can't be too distracting. And then I, I I put this this album on, and then all the guys were like, "What the hell is this? Like, change it!" And then my friend was just like, "I kind of like it. It sounds like um like elf music." <laughs> That's how she yeah, described. That's why I put on fantasy film vibe to it. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I thought it made me think of, like, if I was paused 
on a space video game. Celestial Soda Pop is a, a strong album opener. <laughs> it's, um, it sounded to me like a complete ripoff of Blondie, Call Me. Of Calm the... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'll have to re-listen to that and then listen to Bundy. And also that and um, Kiss, I Was Made For Loving You. I have to go over this. That's Same a- melody in both those songs, one after another. Uh-huh. Well, oh. you heard it here first, guys. Did Ray Lynch copy Blondie and Kiss? No, I actually Googled it to see if other people thought oh, the really? same thing. And they, yeah, they, turns out they do. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I, I didn't realise the Kiss one. That was something someone else put on one of the forums mm. that I clicked on. They were just like, oh, yeah, it also sounds like this one. And I'm just like, does it? And then played it and played the um, uh, Kiss song. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Celestial Soda Pop, I thought it was good, um, good textures. And like, like I was talking about the swelling changes between major and minor and how the yeah. melody weaves between them. I think the album is kind of set up like there's a few like, songs that are more like melody driven catchy and some songs that are more like landscape overall effect driven and Celso Soda Pop is one of the, the the first ones. He actually his second album, the one after this, I think it's called um, uh, No Blue Thing. It also it has a couple songs that are more like Celso Soda Pop like more like uh, melody driven. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to listen to the rest of Lynch's stuff. I was reading about it. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, it it surprised me the album, but at the same time didn't surprise me because it was your recommendation, Zach. That it yeah, was, I agree. It struck me as a, as quite Zajac. Yeah, very very Zajac. <laughs> no, I I legit love this album. It works as background music and foreground music, in my opinion, because you can listen to it without having to like be doing something at the same time i think it's an album that if you put on everyone's going to ask what it is uh <laughs> not necessarily to remember preferably pre- probably pre- uh, prefaced with what the fuck is yeah, this what the fuck is this <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was it was interesting well it's funny because it fits into like the new age category i think i think that's one of the genres listed on wikipedia and i'm like the least new agey person <laughs> so if uh I would imagine a lot of people that listen to this album have different philosophies of the world than I do. Yes, I imagine so. But 
I think you could say that with many a uh, band, but I don't think you think the same as all Arctic Monkey fans. That's true, but especially with the New Age album. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite... Um, for some reason, like, p- trying to picture a fan, railing fan, especially of this album, just makes me think of, like, an old hippie. Pretty old now, grey hair, long curly hair, receding, but still holding on to it, cut, using, like, a bandana to, to keep his hair together. Yes. Uh, yeah. Believes in aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Very scared of um, Area 51 or whatever it's called. Mm. I think of crystals when I, when I think of the people that would like this album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're one of the same people. UFO fan who believes crystals have healing powers. Yeah. I would so, love if, if, like, there's a big following in like the death metal community of this album. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. Quite a far flung from death metal, though, isn't it? Uh, Tiny Geometries. That's a cool one. It's like a grand ending. And it sounds almost like a new song, I was thinking. It's just very uh, overblown, very grand. Like I said, his other two albums that I've listened to are both great as well. Like they're both, I mean, in my opinion, they're both they're both like it. It's not it's not like uh, less melodies. If anything, it's even more quirky with those great changes between moods, shifting within songs, really interesting textures. Apparently, he he plays the lute. I was just reading like an interview with him where that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I was going to say this. If anyone plays the lute, it's a man who's made this album. Yeah, he was in university or something. He plays that thing where you, you wave your hands over and he goes, ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And then the bongos. Just the. <laughs> but no, he was saying that he, um, I think he was in university and needed a credit for like ensemble, but he didn't want to play guitar or anything. So he's like, can I play the lute? And they're like, uh, I guess. And <laughs> he just learned to play the lute. Were there any songs that stood out to either one of you? I liked uh, uh, Celestial Soda Pop, but I think that's because the melody was immediately felt familiar from previously discussed. The one that I would stop and think, which one is this again, is Your Feeling Shoulders, which probably added to me staring at that, thinking, what does he mean? Uh, and then Rhythm in the Pews is just funny. Uh, I enjoyed it. Now that Partridge thing, I can't get out of my head now. It is. It's just it's it's Alan Partridge's mate. Yeah. Tiny geometries. <laughs> it is. Calling in the garden. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Ray Lynch is his first alter ego. Yeah. Oh, Pleasure's probably my favourite one. I like the, the moodiness of it. But yeah, that's, that's Ray Lynch. Uh, minimalism, new age music.
Johnny, have you seen that someone ran on the Everton Newcastle match and chained and chained his neck to the uh, goal? Really? No. Uh, when did that happen in the match? The fiftieth minute. I only watched until half time. I had it on when uh, my <laughs> yeah, there was like people trying to get. It's not chained. It's like tied himself by the neck to the goal. For some reason, one guy's using giant bolt cutters to try and get it off, and then another guy's just got a pair of scissors. Oh, uh, someone tried to do that um, the, the other day. No, no, literally earlier this week. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember you... which. Yes, which game? But it... oh, was it that one? Yeah, yeah. Because so I watched loads of football this week. I watched every night this week, so I get the games. Yeah, blurs. Yeah, uh, they, they caught him, didn't they? Before he managed to get there and do it. Imagine there's someone ran on chain. There's the goal by the neck. You're like, hmm, what minute was it? Like, fifty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Something like that was in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I was watching. I was watching the game. That's why I was like, "There's no way I missed that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> should we? Should we start doing some merch? That would be a good idea. Yeah. Get a live tour sorted. Travel to wherever we've got a listener. Mexico. <laughs> Can we please just start sitting down in pubs and just start doing it? <laughs> That's how they did some of Peter Crouch's podcasts, isn't it? They just go down the the pub and get a quiet corner and. Put the microphones on the table and record it there. That's a great idea, Zach. Fly out. Do do a special um, special wedding edition out in Canada next year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, we could we- find a quiet place we- at your wedding. Just <laughs> 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 during the speeches. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know the um, where there's normally the top table where it's like the bride, the groom, the parents. We just sit there and do it in front of everybody. Yeah, there's live ones. Live performance. And no one can complain to you, Zach, because it's your wedding. That's true, yeah. <laughs> what? And we've got a PA system to play snippets from the albums we talk about <laughs> so they'll understand what we're on about. Yeah. And we can sell tickets to fund the wedding as well. Yes. <laughs> All right, you guys want to talk about Natalia Lafricada. Natalia Lafricada. What a beautiful, beautiful voice. Uh, so I first listened to her through Tiny Desk and I just thought she was really her voice was really good and I quite liked the rhythm I'm just laughing at like how you guys pronounced it and I was like who's that and then I realised that's probably how it's pronounced I'm just called a La La Forcade La Forcade (laughs) a proper English person (laughs) yeah I know La La Forcade Um, are you Natalie La Forcade (laughs) (laughs) you know it's funny Matt when I was editing the last one when you said her name, you said it so well. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh, really? Because you've, you've done Spanish stuff, right? Uh, the the <laughs> Spanish stuff. You've done some Spanish teaching. I, you taught, I taught English in a Spanish-speaking country. But yeah, I just thought she was... And I thought it was something different. And I just love the kind of... The vibe of this kind of music. What did you guys think? What, did, what was your judgment yeah, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was a really, really good album. I, I haven't listened to much kind of Latin sounding music like this before. So I kind of feel almost as if after we listened to um, Public Enemy, I just didn't really feel that comfortable critiquing it because I it's like the first album I've listened to like that. Mm-hmm. I feel similar. I, I don't really listen to, to music like this, so I don't exactly know what to say that much. But I did write down a bunch of things, songs I liked, things like that. I thought the biggest difference in... This album 
than albums I usually listen to is the biggest difference I, I could come up with was the lack of a drum kit. Every yeah. song, if it has percussion, it's like light percussion. It's not like someone's riding on a cymbal or, or like a, a bass drum and a snare. Yeah, the, the percussion is totally different. And that, and that is a huge, huge difference. Yeah, I think that makes it kind of flow quite nicely, though. It has a kind of flow to it. What Johnny, work out if we were listening to the same album, though, because it was two by her under the same title. Yeah, so I listened to Muses 1, and I've also listened to Muses 2. It turned so out there's 1 and 2. Yeah, oh, is that? So they're like sequels, basically. Yeah. No, no, it's they're all featuring that same band, so I guess it was part of like that wider, wider sort of project. Mm. Yeah, because the one I listened to is the one that starts off with... Um, the, the garden dance or the garden dance the gardeners that's not the one i've listened to that, that's two yeah that, that's the one that i like oh the one i listen to starts with two c sabes querme that's number one um so johnny why don't you summarize two and then zach you summarize one and then we've got two was yeah it was all right yeah really nice voice and yeah. uh, some of the songs had quite a cool feel where i could imagine them in a tarantino film I got that sort of like vibe to them. Yeah, I didn't think it's, about that. Like specifically, if it, the ones I noted, the first track, the Danza de Gardenias, yeah, and yeah. La Yorona, track number nine. Yeah, that they both like. They say because uh, I love the Tarantino soundtracks, um, and yeah, they they feel like they would have fit perfectly in with those. Yeah. Volume because there's volume one obviously in volume two and they're they're quite similar they're it's quite similar styles because I think I don't know if they're recorded at the same time but they were released a year apart and it's just kind of a follow on and there's some great I do think I prefer number one but uh, Zach what did you think of number one then Yeah so like I said I really liked it um, just some kind of things I tried to write down musically um, well the opening song is one that goes it has this really catchy riff that kind of gets stuck in my head actually. Yeah, and how the riff jumps an octave and kind of repeats it. And the um, Migusta line, does that mean that I, I, I like I like, it? I like yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it Because that's one of the few Spanish phrases that I could discern. And it kind of made me wonder what it's like for someone who's not English listening to English music. It must just be like every two seconds hearing the word love or baby or something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So about left and right or whatever. <laughs> left and right, right and left, yeah. Yeah, so that was like, it gave me the experience of listening to music where you can... Right and wrong, so... Um, 
Mm. But you, you kind of, I think with music like this, you kind of end up getting a know what she's singing about. You can kind of get it through the what the music's like. But you don't know what she's saying, but you can presume that she's singing about something she likes. <laughs> yeah, or love, isn't it? The second song on this one, Soledad e Mar. I really mm. like one. Uh, it's very kind of calm. I think that's and, Sunday in the world or something. Solid. Oh, okay, that makes sense. There's like a cool unexpected chord change in the verse. I couldn't really figure out exactly what it was. And I think they, I think they use a the blue note at the end in the melody, which is a flat five. I, I remember I said it was flat six in the podcast. And if that's what they're doing, so it gives like a blue, a blue, uh, a blue sound. Give me Guitar in uh, Mexicana Hermosa. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of like Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. No, okay. You know, like that has a 12 string uh, acoustic the chromatic riff. Oh, I really, really liked the In TV Pasar. There's like a, a little ragtime part. I'll, I'll play that. that. That was one of my favorite parts of it. Right after this, like, kind of conversation sounding thing that's similar to in the Gang of Youth song. Um, what was it again? The one about Achilles come down where there's like a conversation between two people. It reminded me of like that. And then it goes right into this cool ragtime part I thought was really interesting. Sierra Veracruzana. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, with, trying with these names. That one is loads of fun. It's like almost like a song I thought that would be played at a party or something. Everyone yeah. dance at the end, like ends of the cheer. That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, some of the songs you kind of want to like because dancing is such a big part of their culture in South America and Central America. So some of the songs kind of want to make you get up and kind of dance and be happy. It's it's kind of a happy music, I think. I found it. Where's uh, where's she from, Matt? She's Mexican. Ah, Mexican. So she worked on the soundtrack for, do you know that new Pixar film, Coco? Well, I suppose it's not new anymore. Was she on Coco? No way. Yeah, she, did, she worked on the soundtrack. Man, the music in that was Never awesome. Never heard of that one. Yeah. 
I actually learned some of the songs on guitar from Coco because I liked it so much. Oh, Natalie Lafourcade. Yeah, that might have been. What's that film about? Oh, it's um, the Day of the Dead in Mexico, and a young boy nicks a guitar from a dead man, uh, and he becomes cursed, and he's got to try to break the curse. Have you heard of the um, the expression or the phrase? I guess everyone dies two deaths. The first is when you start breathing. The second is when your name is said for the last time. It's kind of about that because it's yeah. about how like you're alive in the like afterworld as long as your name is being said. And so I think someone tries to like latch on to one person who's about to be forgotten. It's really interesting. And it's yeah. a movie, so it's kind of for kids, but at the same time, it's for adults too. It's yeah. It's a good film. It is really good. But Johnny, Johnny hates. I once watched the B movie on Johnny's <laughs> on his Netflix account. Yeah, I fucked up my recommendations, man. <laughs> There's a kids account on there for that. <laughs> The it's B movie is for adults, mate. It's a really weird film even, where there's sexual tension between an adult woman and a bee. You didn't even finish it, so it was the first thing that came up all the time, saying "continue watching?" Question mark. I think I turned off when there was sexual tension. I thought absolutely no, not. You, you turned off because you realised your flight was that night instead of the next night. Oh yeah. <laughs> and had to panic and. Yeah, I forgot about Matt, that. Matt sprint to the airport. Sorry, Matt, do you remember when we were traveling Europe and on mm. two different occasions <laughs> we yeah. opened the bus station for our bus and like twice they're like, no, it's tomorrow. And we're like, oh shit, we have nowhere to stay for tonight. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> we, we did it in Berlin and in Prague. Prague. Yeah. yeah. So this was like the opposite. Matt thought he had an extra night of mine and then um, they woke me up in a panic saying, I've got to go tonight. I'm going to Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this album. Um, I thought her voice is really good. Um, mm. There's one song I don't remember where it was where she sounds a little bit like a ch- like childish. I thought, but no, she yeah, she's very talented. I I didn't listen to Tiny Desk or watch Tiny Desk. I, I know I should have, but I just never got ran to her. Or, um, You'd like it. She does two C Saberes Cuerme, um, Soledad Ila Ilel Mar, mm-hmm. and she does. Tierra Veracruzana. So it's those three songs, and she does it live and acoustic, and it's lovely. That sounds great. Um, yeah, this album, I, I could see myself like putting it on because there's nothing that I really have in my catalog of albums I listen to that's like this. So yeah. I imagine that I, I would play this going forward at some point. I don't know whether it's cultural appropriation or not, but when we have Mexican nights, I always insist we put it on. <laughs> that's that's, I actually- that's more. That, I think that's more appreciation. Yeah. Well, because we were doing it one time during lockdown, we were like doing cultural nights. So it'd be like sushi night and you would find like Japanese artists. And we, I went, oh, let's do Mexican night. And my housemate just Googled Mexican music and put on like um, kind of the da 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 And I was like, this is not okay. This is for white people just feeling like we're taking the mick. This week, I guess we did three L's, La Fricada. Lynch and Labyrinth. We can call, that's what we can call this episode. Um, side note, Matt. Yeah. But you know that Duerme Negrito song? Track yeah. five. One minute, 20, 20, uh, 20 seconds in. It sounds like she's singing about having a shit. <laughs> she's obviously singing something in Spanish, but like at the corner of my ear, I kind of heard it. And my brain translated to what it sounded like in English. And, um, 
She's. I'll see, it, I'll see if I can uh, play it to you guys now. That song is Sleep Little Black One. Uh, after this, but I can't. I'm just actually reading about this. That song is a popular Latin American folkloric lullaby from, from Colombia. Because in, they would always say Negrito and Negrito to each other in Colombia. Negrito is like a black boy. Negrito is a black girl. And it's a lullaby saying, sleep, little black kid. Is that like seen as racist uh, there? Not there, I don't know. In, in European countries, it would be. It would be Suarez. Yeah. Suarez could ever. Oh, like yes, so he did. So, oh, this is sorry to go back to sleep, little black one. So, the song tells the story of a mother who leaves her child in the care of a friend while she's out working in the field for no pay. It is sung by this little, it's sung by this lady to the little black child in her care. And the song is saying, fall asleep because your mum's working the field, promises that the child mother will bring him treats such as pork. And it's warning him, if you don't fall asleep, the white devil will come to eat your little feet. So it's kind of about slavery. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't... Well, yeah, us being English speakers, there's a lot we're missing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every other language, mate. Talking about love the whole time. Yeah. Should we move on to our next albums? We, we haven't really decided yet. So No, we've not. Oh, so, we did well, so for classic, Matt, you suggested Pet Sounds by Beach Boys, which I think is a great option. And I, I also wanted to do Grace by Jeff Buckley at some point. So Johnny suggested, why don't we just flip a coin and then do one this time and then the other the next time? So heads, sounds, tails. Because pets have tails. And so pets, yeah, pet sounds. Yeah, go for it. Tails for pet sounds. Who's got a coin? I, I don't have a coin. I'm, yeah, I'm going in my room, man. I don't know if I can be asked to get out. Like, I'm sure we can do like, a random coin generator on, on the internet. That's right, I've got a coin. All right. So which one's tails? The one with not... So that's heads, because it's got head on it. Okay. Her Majesty. And then that one's... So they've got two tails on that. All right. Let's see. Heads. Heads. Grace by Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Julia. Yeah, I mean, both are legit classics. So as soon as we do that, next time we'll do uh, Pet Sounds. So the classic album is Grace by Jeff Buckley. His only album, I think, before he died. Yeah, he, he fell into ice. Was it ice or was he swimming or something? Uh, uh, he was standing on a frozen river, I think, wasn't it? and he fell in. No, he was swimming, you're right. And then someone turned around away and when they looked back, he was gone. Yeah, I think the frozen ice, you're getting confused with, with my shenanigans at one point, Matt. Oh, yes. <laughs> the canal. The, the man who fro- fell into a frozen canal. You could have been Maybe a sadistic. You could have been a potential victim of the pusher. Yeah, he said the only one who pushed me was myself. <laughs> you were pushed to find your limits. I was pushed to power slide over the ice. Mm. Uh, just to clarify, Zach, the pusher is a theory that there's a serial killer operating in Manchester who pushes people to their deaths. 
specifically yeah. young men. Yes, so loads of young men keep getting found in the canals. But it's because I think they, the, the canal is right where people get really drunk. Yeah. And there's no there's no fence. <laughs> so it's just a canal. Yeah, I think that's and definitely... It, and it's fucking cold, I can attest. And um, some people try to slide across frozen ice on canals. And what idiots would do that? Yeah. What new album did we decide on? Well, I suggested the uh, new Gang of Youths album, Angel in Real Time, but also the the new Leon Bridges and Crangman, Texas Moon album that came out. How do you pronounce Carrig? Is it Carrigabin? Crangman, I say. Because I really like them, but I've never really actually had the bottle to ask anyone how to pronounce yeah, them. Yeah, every time I've heard people speak about them, I hear a different pronunciation. So I don't yeah. think anyone can be sure except for them. Um, but... I yeah. mean, I, I just say Karangbin. Karangbin. Leon Bridges and... Go on. Uh, it's probably like a huh, right? Karangbin. They're really good, though. Karangbin. Oh, Whatever yeah. they're called. Yeah, they're, 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 cool some, they're, some, they're a lot of instrumental stuff, but it's really good. Well, that's that's largely why they've got Leon on, because they, they did an EP at the start of lockdown hmm. called Texas Sun. Yeah, and then this is the follow-up to that Texas Moon. Um, what's the album called, Johnny? Texas Moon. Texas Moon. All right. So yeah, yeah. So don't get confused with Sun because that's the first one. Texas Moon is the second. Then the Sun's the opposite. Well, not the opposite of the Sun, the Moon, but. Yep, I've got it already. Oh, there's only uh, there's only five songs. It's like an EP. Yeah, it's a it's a short one. This is what Google apparently is saying. Crangbin. Krungbin. 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 All right, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do those two. All right, I should probably get back to it. Sure thing. See you later. See you later, Zay, Jack. All right, bye. Bye, guys.